I've been thinking so much about being born of God and being this new creation. I want to just share my heart, my thoughts with you because I really feel in my heart of hearts that even the most spiritually educated one of us has not really understood fully the depth of the love of God and what he has done for us in making us his children. Uh, I'm just really just taken with that. Oh, I've known all of my life, or most of it. I've heard that we were children of God, but we didn't quite grasp. I don't think we quite grasped that. When I was a boy, we had to comport ourselves in our home uh, a certain way. We were children. And Dad would always say things like, we're going out in public and I want you to act a certain way. He said, conduct yourself right. And he would say, now, he would just give us a, a little warning, and he would say, now, if you show out in public, I will do it too. <clears throat> and, and so, so we, were, we had a reputation of being the most be well-behaved children in the community. And I think it was because we live with the knowledge of our dad. And uh, God, though, being our father, I'm not sure we comport ourselves well because God doesn't tell us what he's going to do to us when we get back to the house or he's going to do it right there in public as my dad would say I think my heart is and I think this that we need to know who we are and what we can do I'm convinced that we don't fully know and we, we will be learning of the Lord forever and ever I Remember, my dear friend James, James Fields told, taught us that when we were in our late 20s, perhaps, he taught us that we were going to be learning of the Lord forever and ever because God is so big. He is so e eternal, if I may say, that you can't learn him in time and space. You're just learning toward learning, as, as it were. And so, but we need to know what we are, what, uh, who we are and what we can do. And we know what we can do when we grasp who we are. In, in my household growing up, uh, we, we, Dad said, you have to comport yourself a certain way. And we knew that Dad meant it. I think that what we need to do is read the Scriptures again and determine what God says about us. I, I believe that the best way to know what God says about you is to firstly know what God says about himself and then know what God says about his son. And so we're going to explore a few scriptures here today. Uh, I, I keep threatening that one of these days we're going to come up here and we're just going to get us a couches up here, sit up here, and we're going to answer questions. And it's going to be our church service. We're just going to answer questions about the word of God. We have to do that in order to learn. Uh, th this morning when Dr. Carlene was talking about the Holy Spirit uh, being um, our, our, our helper, uh, he is with us all the time, and uh, just the intonations and various ways she was teaching, I, I started to think, I've always known that the Holy Spirit was my helper. I knew he was there to instruct us, but I, I don't think I ever thought or knew that he was there to give us the answers to the test. You know, and I, and I looked around. 
He was not like some professors, as you were saying, that some professors teach in a way that they say, well, no, I'm not going to do everything for you. You have to do some things for yourself. And I do know that God gives us one thing to do, and that is to believe. To believe, just to believe in his love for us, his mercy and his grace. Here, John tells us in John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13, speaking of Jesus, he says, he came to his own, to his own people is what that means. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. And so you have to receive him to be helped by him. I want to speak especially to uh, two categories of people, our older folk and our younger folk. Because, uh, you know, when you see an older person acting like they don't know the Lord, that's such a, a shame. And then when you see a younger per person that, that acts like they don't know the Lord, you want to just take them by the ear. You know, because you, we've been brought up to know God. So he says, saying he came to his own, but his own people did not receive him. They did not accept him. Uh, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the power, the ability, the authority. He gave them the right to become children of God. So, so we're not children of God uh, just uh, because we said we're children of God. God did something. And he gave us the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. And then he goes on. He doesn't stop there because the scripture is so replete, so full of understanding and explanation if we'll go and follow it. And as I've said multiple times, we're not sons of God by adoption in this case. It's not a, the adoption, oh, I'm adopted into it. Yes, you are adopted. That is a truth. And one truth does not negate another. But adoption gives us the ability to function and, and enjoy the inheritance and, and, and to walk about as full, full adult sons. But here he says uh, that he gave us the right to become his children, those of us who believe on his name. And then he explains how we're his children, who were born not of blood. It's not a natural thing, nor of the will of the flesh, no human uh, invention, nor of the will of man. So it wasn't man's choice. It wasn't uh, man's desire. It was not mom and dad's determination, as it were, that brought you forth spiritually. They brought you forth physically, but not spiritually. Now listen, but, uh, but you were born of God. So it was God's determination, it was God's desire, it was God's choice that brought us forth. We're seated here today because of God, because of God the Father. So that's really huge to me. Now in James, that was John chapter 1. Let's go to J James chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. And we'll, 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 we want to beat this as much as we can. We want to drive the point home because we need to know whose we are. Yeah? I know who I am, yes, because I know whose I am. I know now what God has done for me. And this is what I continue to drive home, is that no one, when God stretches his hand to do something, no one has power or authority to say, draw your hand back right now, Jehovah. Nobody can do that. So when God made a determination to save you, 
It was done in the divine counsel of God's will, the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's where it was done. It was not, God didn't consult with any, any man, any other entity. This is what he did. Now, in James chapter 1, verse 16, he says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Do not be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, the one who made the, the universe and all that beauty out there, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So God is never in the shade. God is never in the dark. There is no shadow of turning. There is no variation. What God says, God means. What God does, He does it forever. God does it forever. So God has not brought you forth now to destroy you in any way. Now, we do have a responsibility, and we have a responsibility to live out the Christian ethic, to live it out. But I am not saved by living it out. I'm saved by God giving it out. That's where I'm saved. Now, I live it out because of what God has done. God has given me, you, the Holy Spirit who aids us in every way, bringing us to the goal of God. So God is bringing us to the goal of God. That's what happens. God the Father has the goal in mind, and he has sent Jesus Christ to supply the efficacious blood, effective blood, effective sacrifice. And then he's given the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, I'm going to bodily go to heaven and I'm going to send you. When I get there, you'll know I have arrived. I will send you the Holy Spirit. And he sent us the Holy Spirit, right? And so the Holy Spirit is now helping us. Now listen to what he says. He is helping us to fulfill God's purposes for us. The Holy Spirit helps, to fulfill, helps us to fulfill God's purposes for us. So I don't think... I can fail. Now, have I ever failed in life? Absolutely. Absolutely, I have failed. But I have never ultimately fallen. I can never ultimately fail. Why? Because God calls me son. And can you imagine? Amen. It will never be said in the annals of of. Our salvation history, our salvific history, it will never be said by any being, God has some sons in hell. God couldn't get those sons to heaven. We won. We conquered some of his sons. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, somebody. Now listen to what he says about us. It's amazing what God is doing. And so, and we are going to have, you're going to hold my feet to the fire. We're going to have that couch time up here. Now listen, so after James writes that, he says, of his own will, God's own choice, God's own desire, God's own determination, he brought us forth by the word of truth. God has the intentionality and he has brought us into being as sons by what? The Word of God. Now, now, am I praying, am I rather preaching, that somehow, somehow that uh, God is going to bring you through and you're a loosey-goosey and you're just crazy as a bug 
and uh, you're doing everything that, that, that you can do to show that you're not a son of God, but God's just going to just brush it under the carpet. No. I'm saying those kinds of things show that you have not been saved when you continue in them. You may fall into something, but you get out of it. And, and I remember, I remember, you know, uh, you know I, we're getting our dogs wet. You remember? Dogs don't like to be just drenched and wet. And you get them all wet. What is the first thing he does when he comes out of the water? He shakes himself. And boy, I hated that. You know, get away from me. Right? So that's the way we should see ourselves. We should see ourselves as sons of God. All of God's sons are victorious sons. All of them. Because the pattern son is victorious. Jesus is the pattern son. I want you to begin to see yourself like God sees you. Hallelujah. So he, of his, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That is, we're the first fruits of what was created. Now, now we'll leave that for a moment. And I, I think we ought to continue to come back to these things over and over and over. Come back to them. It does not, I don't want you to leave here thinking that you can do whatever you want to do. I'm saved now. I can, I can do everything I want to do. I can lie, steal, cheat, do everything. That's not what I'm saying. That is not. I am saying, oh, what a wondrous change in my life has been wrought. I think that's how they go. Since Jesus came into my heart. So I have been changing over and over. There have been things I thought were okay. They were not okay. I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, for not, not letting me die earlier. Because you are working out so much in my life. And I'm beginning to see, God, this is amazing. You are so amazing. So I am a son of God, and it is proven by my victory over those things that are coming against me and against you. Let's look at what the enduring word, because you are, you are brought forth as a son uh, by the word of truth. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 through 25, uh, 18 rather, through 25, 18 through 25. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Now, that corruptible things, give, uh, its translation, does give us an understanding, but it doesn't, in my view, give us the fullest understanding. The fullest understanding would be knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things. I like perishable. Corruptible is good, but I like perishable because what he wants you to know is that you were not brought forth with something that had a, an expiration date. You were not brought forth by, by something that could expire or did not have the ability to take you all the way. You and I were brought forth, uh, that is redeemed, ransomed, not with perishable things like, he says, silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But... Now listen, but you were redeemed, but you were ransomed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's how you came forth. That's how you became a Christian. You did not become Christ-like because you said, I am tired of my ways. Uh, I, I don't want this anymore. When you said that, that was not you. There was the Holy Spirit telling you what to say. 
There was a Holy Spirit moving you. Yeah, you, you cannot come to yourself by yourself. When we talk about the prodigal son in the hog pen in Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son, the Bible says, and when he came to himself, this is one thing the Holy Spirit caused me to know is that you can't come to yourself by yourself. So each one of you here cannot take credit for salvation. You did not come to yourself by yourself. We knew that God, God was in the hog pen with him. And there are those of us here, we've taken God to some hog pens. You know that. And that boy came to himself while he was in the hog pen, and he says, I'm going to get out of here. He had no sense. He didn't have sense enough to get out on his own. I, I like to talk about the, 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 the evangelists, the preachers who used to come to do our summer revivals, and they would tell us how they got saved, you know, how they got saved. And it was always interesting to me. It was very wonderful. It would give you goosebumps when you were a kid. And I remember they would always say, I was sick and tired of my sin, okay? Uh, and, and I decided that I didn't want it anymore. And I just got up from where I was, and, and I left that little old house, and I went down to that revival. And when that preacher was preaching, I decided that I, you know, and right away, if you got anything going for you, you know he had eye trouble. Yeah. And, and, and the... The bottom line is none of that was him. All of that was the Holy Spirit moving on that man. Because how can you come to God except he draws you? you when you don't even know you are lost. There have been a people who were lost as a goose in a snowstorm, but they didn't know how to get out of the storm. Are you still with me? So it's, it's God who's doing that. It's God who is at work in you and working for you. Now notice what he says. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Jesus was foreordained before the foundation of the world. I'm not bringing you a new doctrine. I'm just bringing you the truth of Scripture. The truth of Scripture. You're not saved because of yourself. You're saved because of what Jesus has done for you. He says he was foreordained before the foundation of the world. But before you were even thought of, as it were, Jesus was foreordained to help you out of your mess. Come on, we're here because Jesus helped us. Hallelujah. Now listen, he was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now listen, I would like to just stop there, but that, that's not where the scripture puts the period. But he was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are where? In God. Wow. Since you have purified your souls, how did you purify your souls? In obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having, listen, he shows you, 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 you uh, cause here. This is how you work, you work this thing out and walk this thing out. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, notice what he says. Having been born again. Are you born again? Yes. 
Now listen, let's talk about having been born again. Not of corruptible, not of perishable seed. Now, if you were born again by something that was perishable, you could easily perish. These bodies here are going to perish because this was once a seed. And it was a corruptible or a perishable seed. That's why it's appointed unto men once to die. But God did something greater than what your dad and mom did. Now notice what he says. But now you've been born again, not like you were born the first time, but by incorruptible seed. And he tells you what the incorruptible seed is, the Word of God, which what lives and abides forever. So if the Word can die and perish, then I can too. Then God can't keep me. But the scripture says, no, he is the eternal God. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He lives forever. Jesus has the power of an indestructible life. The life in you is an indestructible life. You have been born again, everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, so he says, he goes on to say, because all flesh is as grass. Go cut your grass and look at it. And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. And he tells you what flesh is. The grass withers. And its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So how, how can we think that somehow the enemy is going to upend us. How do we think that? I want us to begin to act like, walk like children of God, and don't take salvation for granted. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Wow. Wow. Born again. Born of God. God, Jehovah. Or Yahweh, as, as some of you may prefer, is your personal father. Wow. Wow. He's your personal father. You can now call him father. Paul tells us we can say Abba. We can call him dad. We can call him dad. He is your personal father. Now, as I close here, when I was a boy, we couldn't act any kind of way. My daddy said, you're my children, and I won't have you just doing anything. This is what I'm going to ask every one of you. When we leave this place today, let's walk like children of God, which we are, that we have been fathered by God himself. When the Holy Spirit brought us forth, he brought us forth as the first fruits of a new mankind of a new mankind and we are a new mankind forever and ever and ever amen let us pray father i pray that from this moment to the time i come back you will prick somebody's heart and that somebody here will know that we're not playing 
church playing like God's people, like we kids used to do. We played church. We did what the deacons did. We did what the sisters did. We did what the preachers did. We played church. We're not playing sons of God. We are sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but this is what we know, that when Jesus comes, when he appears, the Bible says there's going to be a, an amazing thing that happened. We're going to be, Paul says, in, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the batting of an eye, we will be changed. And John says, this is what's going to happen. When we see him, when he is revealed, we're going to be changed for we will see him as he is and he will, we will see ourselves as we were meant to be forever and ever. That's what God wants you to take home with you today. In Jesus' name, I'll be back in a minute.